You're listening to the Things I Think About podcast. I'm your host, Jim Stroud. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well, Jim. Doing well. Thank you. Good, good. How are you doing? Doing well. Well, I appreciate you guys being here. For uh, the benefit of my audience, tell us who are you and what do you do? I'm going to let the uh, the good-looking guy start first. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm going to let that you would be Tom. Right, that's me. Uh, so <laughs> I am a uh, retired uh, police officer for 24 years. Um, also uh, retired firefighter because we did both police and fire, and um, just here to discuss uh, our topics. Wow, cool! All right, thank you, Tom. Uh, Bill, if you would. Yeah, uh, kind of. The same thing, Tom and I were at the same department. I did 21 years there. Um, that was in the center line. So we're public safety was police and fire. So we got to, you know, wear two costumes. That was kind of cool. And uh, since we retired, we've just been doing our podcast, Cops Don't Like Donuts, and having fun with that. How long has that been going on? Your podcast? I think we're pushing, what, Tom, a year? I think about a year, Tom. It's getting close to a year. Like we're getting since we thought about it and the total inception of it. Yeah, about a year. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, um, we'll talk more about that in in a bit. Um, First question, though, uh, I think I pulled the first question to you, Tom. What is when you were growing up? Cop shows were all over the place. Um, Yeah, all over TV. Who was your favorite TV cop growing up? Um, so I had, I had a couple, uh, I was always a SWAT guy. I liked, uh, okay. the old SWAT, but this is going way back that you know, I don't even know, you know, the demographics is going to remember that TV show, <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm an old, uh, Adam 12 guy. Um, ah. I love one Adam 12. I, I love the, uh, the dispatchers broadcasting and, you know, the runs. And if you look back and if you listen to some of those runs, they're still relative today, just hmm. simple, you know, street normal everyday cops I, I think it's a great i think it's a great show and i think it's still relative today very cool very cool uh bill who was your favorite cop growing up T- best favorite tv cop yeah kind of along the same lines uh even though i'm a lot younger than tom but uh <laughs> you know one adam what one adam 12 uh it's just it's just a straight up classic um, SWAT was a great one. And then, you know, up through the eighties, we had some really, you know, they were a little bit, uh, almost a little hokey, but they were some good shows in the eighties and believe it or not, like the, I know this is going to sound weird, hmm. but, uh, uh, Andy Griffith and Barney Fife, they were, uh, <laughs> just like that late, that, yeah, that, that totally, yeah. you know, laid back, you know, real uh, subtle policing involved in the community. I mean, it just I, I love that show. I'm sorry. I know it's uh, it's kind of yeah. corny, but I, I liked it. No, that's cool. It's nothing to be said about community uh, policemen. I think uh, yeah, we, would sure. do, we would do a lot better as a society if there was more if that was more of the case. If yeah, And from my vantage point, anyway, uh, it, it seems like police and the community aren't as integrated as they used to be maybe at one point. Um, I grew up here in Atlanta mm-hmm. and I remember uh, walking uh, through downtown with my dad, who was a police officer. And a lot of people knew who he was, 
although some of them recognize him because he wasn't in uniform, but it was that sort of, oh, he's just, he's one of us. He's just walking around. It's not really, not really feeling scared. It's, you know, just Officer Stroud. Um, I think that would go over well these days. What do you think, Tom? I still think so. And uh, I do believe that um, a lot of departments are still doing that. Um, I did work uh, part-time in a, in a sort of an urban department where mm. we used to get out and get out of our patrol cars and, and shoot basketball with the kids or throw a football around or just not always be at their house at a negative time. And that's where the, the integration comes in. If you can do that, great. Uh, it's a little difficult nowadays because they're thinning the, uh, the personnel, you know, and you don't have the personnel to be able to get out and do that because they're answering run after run after run. So they can't focus on the actual people themselves. They have to focus on the, the actual crime or the, or the police call for service that they're getting. That's an interesting point. Uh, I'll pose this, pose this to you, Bill. Um, we talked about the TV cops that we grew up with. These are different times than the times of one Adam 12. And we're definitely in a different situation than we, than we are with, with Mayberry. <laughs> what kind of um, TV cop you think is best for today's times? You know, if you could pull a TV or even movie cop, you know, uh, out of Hollywood, who would you pick right now to be the perfect template for today's times? Uh, just right off the cuff, I'm going to have to say it's going to be Mel Gibson from Lethal Weapon because times are just crazy <laughs> right now. And, and and he was crazy, too. So that might be a good match right now because things are a little upside down right now. That's for sure. Uh, well, he got the job done. He got it done. He did. He did get it yes, done. Yes, he did. What about mm-hmm. you, Tom? Who, who would you pick? What uh, Hollywood cop uh, TV or movie would you pick for today's time? Oh. So... I'm going to go a little different because you're from Atlanta. Mm. And so I am a, I am a huge, I can't even tell you how huge a fan I am of the first 48. Okay. So I'm not going fictional. I'm mm. going with the, uh, with the detectives down in Atlanta. Cause I think they do a, a fantastic job and uh, I absolutely love that show and those detectives and uh, officers down there from what I see up here in Michigan and on that show, it's, Bar none, I think they're doing a great job. Yeah, they, they took a lot of cop shows off the air, uh, which I think really was a bad thing because I think shows like that or shows like Cops uh, or LA Police uh, and others, they showed you the truth of what right. was going on. You know, right. they, they didn't candy coat it. This is your nine to five. This is a day in the life. And it helped show, at least to me, the type of stress that you guys deal with, how much patience you have to have and how it wasn't always about, you know, like a, like a shoot em up kind of thing it really just had to be able to, I think talking, if you could talk to people, if you had the gift of gab, it seemed to me that that really was half the job right there. I mean, am I wrong? I'm asking Tom. No, you're wrong. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're not wrong. However, it comes with experience. And you don't get that experience until you get the experience. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you got you to put some time on the job in order to get that gift of gab. It doesn't come naturally. For me, it didn't come naturally. Maybe for Bill, it did. He, he had a little di- different background than I did. 
Um, but it was a struggle for me at first. But once I got immersed in it, you know, you, you do get your own kind of flow and you do get your, uh, your little gift of gabbing. You can always talk your way into a fight, but it's mm. always very difficult to talk your way out of one. I don't know what Bill thinks about that. Bill, what do you think about that? Is it all about the gift of gab and half the, half the job? Uh, it really, uh, yeah, I think it helps a lot. Um, like Tom said, I think I was fortunate for some reason. And it wasn't that I was some super outgoing person. I know once you get into it for a little while, uh, you you have to become that outgoing person. Everything that you do when you're on the job is observed. And I don't mean, oh, you know, they're doing this with a suspect or you're on camera. I'm talking about when you go, you go to lunch, everyone in the restaurant is watching you eat. So you're kind of the center of attention. And I, I think I fell into that. And I think where Tom was going, you get over that rookie phase, you know, and, you, and you've been on the street for a little while. Um, I think I really fell into that uh, gift of gab. I mean, I, I retired with the uh, nickname Sergeant Silvertongue. So sometimes they would just look at me and be like, that guy was ready to, you know, fight the world. And he sat in your police car. What did you do? And I think it's what you're getting at, Jim. It's that uh, gift of gab. Uh, I used it for years. It's not mine. You know, you catch more flies with honey. And I've, and this is probably a Tom term. Uh, I would rather talk somebody into handcuffs than beat them into handcuffs. It's, it's so much easier. It's better for you. It's better for the arrestee. It's better. Just, just talk to people. Uh, one of our podcasts, we talked about citizen complaints and sometimes people just want to vent. So mm. for me, as long as the person was venting and complying, it worked out really well. I could let them mouth. I could let them, you know, I, I understand. I understand. And just let them vent as the handcuffs are going on. And, you know, as they're sitting in the car, they might still be, using a few, you know, express words with you and your partners, but they're complying. So they're getting that frustration out They're They're allowing their grievances to be heard, but they're complying with what you say. So it all works out for everybody. If that makes sense. It does. It does. It makes me wonder something. Let me ask you this, Tom. Um, it seems like a lot of people are easily offended. Like something could happen. You step on, you step on their toe and they're, they're crying racism. <laughs> uh, it makes me wonder the type of skills, those interpersonal skills, uh, in a lot of ways can't be taught. You just sort of, you just sort of learn it as you, I mean, you, you sort of have it or you don't in some cases. How much um, uh, significance is is it put on the police exam that you are a people person? I mean, I, I imagine you gotta, you know, you train on the range for firing and there's a physical component. But do they? How stringent is the test for your people skills? Yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great question, and I I truly believe that there should be more adherence to that. I think there should be a little bit more focus on that. How there's more focus on that? I'm not 100 percent sure. Mm. Um, you could uh, we did it when we hired people in, but that's post academy. That's you know after, excuse me. That's after the academy. Um, in once you're in the academy, you know, you're, you're hitting the books, you're, you're learning, you're driving your, you know, firearms and defensive tactics and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and you do go through scenarios, of course. Um, but it's not how to go through these scenarios and how to talk to people. Uh, you, 
like I was a very personable person. Like I, I used my own personal um, beliefs and feelings and, and my daily life upon talking to people. And I had some partner, not necessarily partners, but some officers say, why would you tell them that? Like, that's a true story. And I'm like, yeah, of course it's a true story. I can't relate to these people unless I tell them my own emotions and personal feelings. Um, and I think that is uh, sometimes overlooked in, in the academy. I think it should be hit on a little bit more about personal skills and, and being able to talk. That's, that's interesting. Tom, let me ask you this, because I've heard this argument um, from my uh, liberal friends <laughs> who say that uh, uh, police should be defunded and in their place should be social workers to uh, initially engage uh, with people. Uh, could it be that one way to address certain crimes, certainly not every crime, but some crimes where you would send a social worker who does have people skills to deal with the issue and if, and if it, they cannot uh, take care of it, resolve the issue. Then it goes another level and they call you up or, you know, or they call Tom up. W what do you think? Mm -hmm. Bill, what do you think? Uh, yeah, Bill, um, Bill, Bill had on oh. this uh, previously and he, he's got a great point to make. So I'm going to yeah. be quiet. Bill, please give us your wisdom. <laughs> I don't know about a, a great point, but yes, here we go. Uh, this is the way it goes, young grasshopper. So <laughs> my theory on it, is the social workers are great, um, without a doubt. I never discredit what they do. When, when they would send social workers out, we had to go with them and not begrudgingly, but the social workers, they would call for an officer to stand by. They're not equipped to deal with that person when it involves a crime. Mm. Now, the social worker the actual person themselves, that actual personnel, where they are in the station, or uh, I don't even know how you could do on call. Tom and I talked about this. That's a, that's a ton of money to have a social worker sitting in the station, ready to go when those calls come in. You, you can't call them from home when it's an active call for service. It's an active mm -hmm. police run. So you'd have to have them. You'd have to have them on staff. Um, if if departments wanted to, you know, pony up and and pay for that, if they could find the funding for it, I think it's amazing. I think um, the cost would be a huge hurdle for that one, and getting the social workers that want to go to almost and 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 I don't want to use active scene, but you know the ones that are actually going on right now, and the person is fired up and you know they want to argue and fight with the police you'll you'll need a special breed of social worker that would want to jump into that fire with the officers so i think there's a couple of a uh, couple issues but yeah social workers they do an amazing job it's just sending them on an active call for service i think inherently has some problems maybe uh, dirty harry would do some social work <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A little bit of Grand Trina. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm asked both. This question goes to both of you guys, but I'll I'll go with Tom first. Tom, is there ever there? Well, there's so much going on uh, these days with politics and policing. It, it, maybe it was worse 
uh, in a younger, in a earlier generation, but to me, it's, it's, I've never seen it as bad as this. Has there ever been a time when politics did not interfere with police work throughout your career that you've noticed? Um, I'm going to generally say no, and maybe for a reason that is uh, slightly different because mm. in general, you, you're a public servant, but you still have um, bosses to answer to, and your bosses have bosses to answer to, and ultimately, they're going to answer to the city council and to the mayor, who is a politician. So it is always integrated in politics somehow. Um, however, uh, this last few years has uh, significantly, uh, from what I've seen, uh, increased with the level. And, and I, I guess I don't mean level, but the uh, just the mean sort of tone of politics. It's just uh, me and Bill talked about this previously on a podcast. We were saying like, it's okay to have different views. I'd like, I'm okay with it, but you don't have to be so insightful about things. Like we can always agree to disagree and we can move on and we can fight another battle some, some other way. But uh, to answer your question, uh, politics has always been involved, contract negotiations, um, budget times, um, all, all sorts of reasons why uh, politics gets involved in police work. Uh, but now with the mainstream, with social media uh, exploding as it has, um, it's just gotten more prevalent. Yeah. Bill, what do you have to say about that? Have you ever had a time, ever seen a time in your career where politics was not so prevalent, where it didn't interfere with police work? No, and uh, we'll have to edit this part out, but Tom hit it right on the nail on the head. <laughs> he said it perfectly. So, but I never said that. So just edit that out. Uh, it's always, you know, because we are uh, civil servants. So mm. we do uh, work for government, which is run by politicians. And uh, we, we've seen in just in our little community of Centerline up here in Michigan, we saw some really bad political leadership. Uh, nothing drastically woke, but just kind of, they just didn't care for us that much for some reason. I know we're a big expenditure in the budget, but they just had like, a, they just didn't care for us. And then it's really morphed into from the chief the city manager, the mayor, the city council now, it's really done a turnaround, at least in our small community. So those political aspects that affect us that Tom's talking about, those mm -hmm. always go on. But the, the big one right now is this, and I'm just going to sum it up with the, the MSM and then the political figures that are just caving in to anybody that wants to burn something down or, you know, they just, oh, wait, if, if I go along with them, they'll vote for me next time. And then what do we do? We throw the officers under the bus, you know, and that was one of our podcasts. Uh, it was about morale. And that's where the officers are not being backed up. And uh, it causes a, a huge hit on morale, which affects policing. Sure, sure. I bet it does. And let me ask you this, Bill, then I'll switch it over back to Tom. With so much... Um, uh, negativity thrown towards police these days um, and politicians not having their back. Uh, how 
I, I, could, I see it and I've seen research on this on how it has had a significant impact on recruiting. Uh, cities and municipalities are having trouble uh, recruiting new police officers uh, to take the place of officers who have retired early or who just left, just left outright, just left because they've had enough. It makes me wonder, one, what will have to change so that it's easier to recruit police officers in the future? Or two, if things do not change, I pray they do, but if they do not, what kind of police officers will we have in the future um, in this kind of atmosphere you think? And like, who, who are the kind of people who you think will, will, will seek to become police officers uh, in the near future? That's a lot <laughs> in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's a, it's a great question. It's a great topic. Um, you know, it, and I'm going to use this, uh, you know, term that's been thrown around back the blue. Mm-hmm. So literally it has to come down to we as a community, you know, from local all the way up to federal, we have got to back the blue. Now that is not just the citizens. I'm talking about command. I'm talking about the local politicians, the mayors, the city councils, the police chiefs, uh, and the prosecutors. So a big problem for law enforcement right now is we'll, they'll go out and they'll arrest somebody and they've got these new bail reforms and that's probably a whole different show, but the people are literally back on the street almost within minutes. Yeah. Uh, so it's very disheartening. And then the officers know now that these prosecutors, they're looking to come after the officers because they used force during an arrest. And, you know, we've said this before, we've got one of our contributors for our podcast. He's a phenomenal officer. He's retired as well, one of our previous instructors. And he states it this way, the public cannot differentiate between the use of force and police brutality. They They don't know the difference. Well, what happened? He refused to go. Well, there's no tell him louder next time. The next step is hands-on. As soon as hands get applied, people think it's police brutality. And it's, it's not, it's just getting somebody under control. Are there, a little caveat, are there cases of excessive force? Yes, you know, officers are human. They get ramped up and things go a little too far. I, again, a whole nother show, but I, I understand that. But when it's, even just the typical use of force, someone got arrested for something that they didn't think they should be arrested for because they don't want to answer for what they did. So then they make this big squawk and the officers now basically are in trouble. And we talked about complaints that come in. If they're not handled properly, every little thing, I think in pre-production, you mentioned, you know, you step on someone's toe now and then they're, they're coming after you. Yeah. Well, if your command comes after you for that, that affects morale. And then to get to the end of your question, um, you know, in the last 12 months, Washington, D.C. has had 300 officers retire and or resign. 300 in the last 12 months. That's difficult to get those back. Um, I I don't want to say, I I would never want to speculate that you're going to get a a lower uh, caliber of officer necessarily, but you make a good point, Jim. I, I really wonder Who's going to want to do that job when no one has their back? If, if they step on someone's toe wrong or, you know, they say one word that offends somebody, 
they're being brought up on charges, either, you know, internal written reprimands or time off or criminally. So um, I, I, I'm really hoping and praying that we're, we're set for a reboot here. Tom and I talked about that before. We're really want to get back to where the, they're backing the blue and, and let our men and women of law enforcement get out there and secure these streets, make it safe for the citizens, and let's get this country going. Definitely, definitely. That was a lot. Thank you for, for contributing that. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Tom. Sorry, it was so long. That's all right. I think Tom fell asleep. Hold on. Tom. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. awake. I'm awake. I got it. I'm, I'm up. I'm up. Well, <laughs> anything you care to add from what Bill has said? Uh, a couple of things. I'm, I know you find this hard to believe, but I'm going to disagree a little. So I wholeheartedly agree. Starts with the leaders. Um, Detroit just had this uh, massive um, uh like um, initiative, uh, both on the east side and the west side, where they, it started with the command staff. Command staff gets on scene and they are holding a press conference and they're just talking flat out. We're coming and we're taking guns off the streets, period. And, and here we come. And that's what has to happen again. Um, and I think they're doing a good job with that. And, and I agree with Bill where it does have to start with your leaders um, including all the way up to, you know, the politicians, the local politicians anyway. Um, but uh, you were saying about um, officers, like a, who's going who's gonna to choose this perfection, you know, to, be, to come next. I'm not sure if they're going to choose it because I think they're chosen because I think it's more of a, a calling because it doesn't mm. matter. Like, I, I think they're going to feel that they are going to be able to make a difference because they might be from the street or they might have a different attitude. I know uh, I have a 20 year old son who um, he has an amazing sort of mentality. And I think he'd be perfect in this sort of uh, time right now, especially talking with people. I think, uh, I think he'd be great for it. And uh, I also wrote down um, to go to these uh, academies, these uh, officers, you know, that who currently work need to go to the academies and say, hey, look, this is what I'm talk frankly, you know, don't sugarcoat anything, but this is what we're going through. And not only have an officer go to the academy to do the recruiting, have a big command officer go there and say, this is what you're going to be getting from me. You know, I'm going to be doing this. If you step out of line, you know, you're going to have to answer. However, you know, I have your back, you know, type situation. I think that will help tremendously. Wow. We have um, talked a lot about life from a police perspective, and um, hopefully it'll get people to, uh, I think, be more sympathetic to police officers, because I think they're truly getting a bad rap for all the value they bring to the, to uh, society. I don't think they're appreciated enough. But uh, so on behalf of those who do appreciate the police officers, I want to say thank you for your service. Thank you for what you're doing. I'm able to go to sleep because guys like you are out there. Um, any final words from you, Bill or Tom, as we wrap things up? Actually, let me ask you this. How can people will he uh, hear more about your podcast? Plug your podcast one more time before we go. Bill. Yeah, so they can uh, head over to our website, copsdontlikedonuts.com. 
There's a link right on there. We are on all of the major uh, podcast providers from, you know, was it Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio? And I mean, you name it, we're on there. Um, we do have some socials, Facebook, Cops Only Donuts. There's a page on there, uh, Twitter, Instagram. We try to put stuff out. And we've also started doing something on our YouTube channel. And this is this is some pretty high-tech stuff, Jim. So stay with me here. We're doing donut shop reviews. <laughs> even though cops don't even though cops don't like donuts, we're out there doing donut shop reviews. That way the public never gets a bad donut. So you can check that out on our YouTube channel. Cops don't like donuts. Not good to know. Good to know. Tom, any uh, last comments from you? Yeah, Jim, I just really want to say thank you. This was fantastic. Um, I appreciate you uh, getting us out there. Um, I, I enjoyed our, our little banter here. So I hope to uh, maybe do it again in the future. Maybe you can come on one of our shows or something and uh, we'll, uh, we'll return the love for sure. Hey, I'd appreciate that. Nice. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And um, just back the blue. That's all I can say. Back the blue. Thanks, Jim. There you go. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Jim. Appreciate it. You have been listening to the Things I Think About podcast. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. Drop me an email. I can be reached at Jim Stroud. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D at JimStroud.com. So until next time, bye-bye.